The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Welcome. Welcome to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, where they're changing the way you look at the outdoors. The studio lines are now open at 785-846-7647. Hey, today, folks, we're going to be exploring survival tips and tactics and some of the coolest, coolest with a K. I love that. Gear on the market that will help ensure your safety. And joining us in just a couple of seconds by way of phone is going to be Larry Van Dale with the Alaska Department of Fishing Game. He's on Kodiak Island. Yes. Garvin's Justin McCarthy, outdoor life survival blogger Tim McWelch, Nick Rhodes of Wildlife Properties, and Frank Meyer. We love this guy. Adventure Medical Kits. Hey, and a special thanks to Ram. They're not just trucks. They're Ram trucks. Ramtrucks.com for being our sugar daddies. We like them. Oh! <laughs> nice guys. <laughs> but, um... Gosh, can you guys can the, the traffic noise, please? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Now, um, Larry, you got to come clean about something here. What, what What's that going to mean? Hold on here. Okay. It's more fun to talk to me than Jim, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You can admit it, Larry. It's not going to hurt Jim's feelings. I don't want to admit anything with you guys. You'd probably <laughs> tell the whole world if I said <laughs> You know we would. Yeah. We're going to broadcast it this week. <laughs> that dude's going straight to the front on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, how's the weather up there in Kodiak right now? It's Kodiak. It's foggy. It's rainy. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, it's a typical yeah. summer day. It's beautiful. Actually, we've had a fantastic summer here. It's been uh, just enough rain to keep the salmon and the grass happy, but enough sunshine that we've really enjoyed it. It actually got up to 70 degrees the other day. Holy cow, 70. I think, what was it, like uh, 105 in the shade? Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> but anyways, all right, you know, um, I promise you, we were just talking about weather, but that is the last time. I swear on Jim's godforsaken life <laughs> that that will be the last time we do that life. <laughs> in today's show. But anyways, Jim, what are we talking about? Survival. And just joining us by way of phone once again at 785-846-7647 is the dude, Larry Vandell. Now, he's not like the dude, not like Lebowski. The Lebowskis? Who the no. heck are they? He's the dude. He's the dude. <laughs> this is a dude, Larry Vandale, and he's a wildlife biologist with the Alaska Department of Fish and Game there on Kodiak, Kodiak Island. Island. But, um, you know, Larry, it would appear that bear attacks and the number of fatalities that are attributed to them are gradually increasing from year to year. And so, to the best of your knowledge, what do you think is the driving force or the key factors behind all of this? Is it just that bears are becoming more accustomed to human behavior? Are um, they more prone to violent outbursts now? Um, is it the music they're listening to? You know, these <laughs> bears are playing video games. Or is it just like the human innate ability to be so stupid and careless around such animals? Oh, I think it's global warming. <laughs> no, I think, you know, it, That's it's, awesome. like else. it's a combination of a whole bunch of different things. Um, throughout the West, especially, we've got more in our bear population than we had for a long, long time. Yeah. 
And that's not just with the grizzlies and the brown bears, but some of the black bear populations are coming into places and people are moving into their backyards. too. Yes. Yeah. Now, when you're out in the say you're in Kodiak where, where you're at and, and some guy decides, well, I'm going to go hiking in the woods. Uh, what are some of the things that he needs to think about other than uh, getting back? Yeah. To prevent a bear attack. The number one thing to remember when you're going out the woods is learn as much as you can about the situation. Yeah. Don't get all paranoid. You know, that, that's so, <laughs> so easy for somebody to get into that mode that, oh, my God, they got big claws, they got big teeth, and they're going to eat my butt. Yeah. And if you go into the, the woods with that kind of an attitude, you're scared to death, you've got a great big old hog leg 44 strapped on that you've never shot before, <laughs> and you're you're walking out there by yourself and you don't know what you're doing, then you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. If you step back and think about the situation and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, I'm dealing with an animal in his backyard. And what can I do so I don't tick that animal off and make him mad at me? That's your first step toward being safe in bear country. Learn as much as you can. Use your brain. Second best thing you can do is go out with a buddy. Yeah. You know, because bears don't like to be surprised. Almost every time there's a bear problem, it's because a bear was either attracted to somebody by food or they got surprised. Mm -hmm. And if you go out with a buddy, you're not going to be as stealthy. You're probably not going to surprise bears because you're going to be talking or you're going to be making noise. And very, very few bear attacks happen on a group of two, three people. It's almost always on single folks that are going out. Yeah, but there was just a group of young Those uh, boys. kids uh, it, right up there in Alaska. And uh, yep. there had to be six, seven kids. They had to be laughing and carrying on as they were going down through the woods. Next thing you know, Mama Bear comes out and says, hey, you're too close to me. Yeah. Well, that you know, that's that's kind of true and kind of not. You know, we're still in the investigation on this. Uh -huh. mm. And there, there's no bottom line because anytime you've got an investigation, you've got several different stories and you can what if it to death. But preliminary information suggests that these young people were walking in a fairly noisy environment along a river and they were strung out in a line, single file. And the first guy that got hurt was, came around a corner. Ah, so oh, there you go. Wasn't, you know, they were, in fact, seven people, but it may not be that the bear chose to attack a group of seven people. Oh. You know, there's, there's a lot more we need to know. So I wouldn't take that as being an indicator that they will, the bears will do that. Now, let's say you do everything correct and you have your pepper spray or whatever, and things just don't go right and you do get attacked. What is the very best thing we can do to try to somewhat ensure Survive. survival? Uh, depends on your religious preference. All, <laughs> all kinds of different prayers. <laughs> That's not what we're looking for, Larry. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> the best thing you can do is you got to, again, use your brains. Don't yeah. panic. And that's when people get in trouble. If they try to run from a bear, I don't care what kind of bear it is. I don't care if it's a four-pound poodle or a thousand-pound <laughs> grizzly bear. If you run from something, it's probably going to chase you. Yeah, because it's a game and then. We know that these bears, up here at least, can run about 40 miles an hour. Oh, oh wow. you're screwed. <laughs> so if you can run more than that, you're great. Say, well, if I can run faster than my buddy, I got it made. You know? <laughs> yeah. But the bottom line of that is each bear is an individual, and some like a challenge. Oh, <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> so, so, you know, you don't want don't to run from them. Yeah. That's number one. Number two is try to figure out what the bear is trying to tell you. Uh -huh. Bears are a lot like dogs. You can read their behavior. Yeah. You can read if they're trying to bluff you. They can read if they want to really get you because they consider you a threat. Yeah. So that's that research part. And if it's just trying to bluff you, if it's a young bear is trying to bluff you, you stand up to it, you yell at it, you throw rocks at it. 
Mm. If it's a big mama that's growling and she's got a cub behind her, then you say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I really didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah. I'll back off. I'll be real quiet here. Mm -hmm. And that way you neutralize the threat. That's Mm. the main thing is to neutralize the threat. Mm. And finally, if it touches your body and it's a grizzly bear or brown bear, that's when we tell people to roll in the ball and play dead. Ah. Because it all boils down, you know, people say, my God, you're stupid. You must love bears more than people because first you tell me don't run. Then you tell me to just kind of say a prayer and talk to it if it's growling at me. Then you tell me to play dead when it's chewing on my body. You know, what kind of idiot are you? <laughs> but the bottom line is we're trying to neutralize the threat because that's what yeah. bears do with each other, grizzly bears and brown bears especially. Yeah. They don't want to fight to the death. They just want to impose that I'm tougher than you are. Get away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what all that does. Black bears can be a little bit different. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. More of a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes with black bears, they do want to eat you. Nah. And you you do want to fight back if a black bear gets you down. It's playing dead's not the right thing to do there. Yeah. Now, why do you think that people have this misconception that brown bears or grizzlies are more dangerous than black bear? Is it just because of sheer size? I mean, what is this? I think that's a big part of it. Really? It, they're pretty impressive when they come up right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> And they're pretty impressive what they can do to each other. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, they're, they're, it's like I say, when, when you're a threat to a brown bear, even when a brown bear mauls you, it's trying to neutralize the threat the same way it would do it with another bear, by biting or shaking or something like that. The difference is bears are made a lot tougher than we are. Yeah. When a bear disciplines a person, chunks fall off. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to get into that. So the whole idea that that brown bear is so darn powerful. Yeah. And he really does or she does have the opportunity to hurt you real bad if it wants to. That's scary. Yeah. Well, the thing is, a grizzly or even obviously a brown bear, I mean, he could take one swipe at a big old moose and just kill him dead, couldn't he? Yep. And pick him up by the neck and carry him off. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, we've watched him do that here time and again. And if they lived up to their reputations, there wouldn't be very many people left here on Kodiak. Yeah. We literally have bears walking in town around here. Jeez. And that's why I think that down there where you live in the Lesser 48, uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Left because people were so scared of them, they couldn't live to li- learn to live with them. There, there is some very stupid things that have happened before. Like I hate to bring it up, Timothy Treadwell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and you were there, weren't you? The audacity he had to do what he was doing, um, he brought it upon himself. My personal opinion, but I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, as a professional, I can't say yes or no to that. (laughs) It's a testament to the tolerance of bears. Yeah, yeah. really? do that for 13 years and still, you know, not even get hurt. Yeah, and you you were actually at the scene, weren't you? Uh, Yeah, I was. Yeah. Not not a fun time, was it? I can give some guy at the local bar a dirty look, and he'll just clean my clock within, like, five seconds. (laughs) To live 13 years like that, I mean, that's absolutely amazing. But, um, Larry, if we want to find out more about you, the wonderful state of Alaska, maybe um, survival tips, where can we head to online to do this? Well, probably our Alaska Department of Fishing Game website would be your best bet. Uh, just Google Alaska Department of Fishing Game. We've got a whole webpage there devoted to how to live with bears. Yeah. And also some other links on things like electric fences if you happen to be camping in bear country. Oh, uh, yeah. It's about pepper spray, how to use that most effectively. You know, it's not brains in a can. you got to <laughs> do your research before you take something like that out. And also a bit, if any of your 
folks are interested in hunting up here. We'd be yeah. really happy to share information with them. So, yeah, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, our website is a real good beginning point for that. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Larry Van Dale, and he is a wildlife biologist for the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. Hey, that's it. This has been brought to you by Ram Trucks. Of course, you can find them at RamTrucks.com and Otis Technology. It's OtisTech.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. But coming up right after the short word from our sponsors, we're going to hear from Garmin's very own Justin McCarthy. And he's going to tell us about their basic handhelds, mapping handhelds, two-way radios, and much, much more. All that to come right here on The Revolution coming up after this. But to play us out is going to be a brand new track off of Mark Chestnut's new album, Outlaw. And it's called Black Rose, and you are going to dig it. You're going to like it. Great album. And if you don't dig it, just, you know, pretend like you did. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hey, Larry, thanks for taking time out of your day and uh, for being a guest on The Revolution. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. Well, here we go, Jim. The devil made me do it the first time. <laughs> the second time I've done it on my own. There is a lot of truth to that song. <laughs> Anyways, let's hit a break. This is The Revolution. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sometimes you can tell a lot about a horse by what it's named. Like its color. It might be blacky or roany or buck. A name could have something to do with a horse's temperament or its disposition, like wild man, or roller, or bad bob. Yeah, the name of a horse is sometimes the name of his game. It's kind of like driving a ram truck. That name means something. It means you know the value of dust, sweat, and pride. Guts, glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Otis Technology, the most advanced gun care system in the world. Visit OtisTech.com. That's O-T-I-S-T-E-C.com today. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry. It is also a full power, no compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. <laughs> you know, I don't know exactly how working 9 to 5 ties in today's show, but obviously, Miss Dolly Parton, awesome singer, songwriter, actress, woman of many talents. I bet she knows a lot about survival. <laughs> you know, she actually get us like my ringtone. <laughs> you know, you have totally hit rock bottom when you just announced that you want Dolly Parton as one of your ringtones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyways, that nice little giggle you just heard is Justin McCarthy, and he is with Garmin. And he phone us at 785-846-7647. And you know, Jim, actually, before we get into this interview... Um, because we're talking about survival tips and tactics in today's show. You're fixing to go on a trip there, um, here in a couple of weeks, big trip. You need to get one of these Garmin handhelds, man. I need to get me one of those. I'm telling you. No, actually, you just need to buy Justin. Take him along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going on a trip. You actually, want to come live with actually, us? I'm going to Alaska in September. To Alaska? Yeah, on a, on a fishing trip. How long are you going there for? A week. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about getting lost. You're staying in a lodge and you have a guide. <laughs> <laughs> you pansy. <laughs> this is awesome, though. The products yeah, you guys great. have are just, yeah. I mean, outstanding. Can I trade in my e-trex? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wish we had some type of a trade-in program. Yeah. You don't like those? That was a no. Your you old cell phone you can take back sometimes yeah. to get like five bucks for it or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we did. We're, we're doing something currently in our fitness line where we're where certain fitness devices we're giving a $50 credit for. Really? I'd like to see Jim buy a fitness device. <laughs> That's funny. I would pay for it. <laughs> but, um, you know, Justin, I'm sure you guys at Garmin have noticed, because Jim and I sure have, that um, getting lost seems to be quite the popular trend. There you go. And, uh, and uh, you know, it would appear that people become disillusioned with this false sense of security because they're heading down this trail, and it's well-established and marked, and, and they feel great about that. So the further they head down the trail, the more comfortable they get with it. Then they stumble upon this, oh, beautiful rock over here to my left, or this gorgeous tree on the right, and it's only 50, 75 yards off the beaten path. Let's go over there and take a picture of it, pose with it. Say, However, hey, look at that over there. Exactly. And then they're not paying attention, and they turn around, and they think they're walking back to the trail. But in all reality, uh, they're actually walking the wrong direction. <laughs> but it really seems like, you know, and that's not a big problem. Let's say you're 100 yards off the trail, but people get disoriented. They get scared. They do stupid things when they should really just sit down. And uh, this is where Garmin really steps in and can help us out. Yeah, that's definitely the case. You know, and I would, I would agree that so many folks who who get lost in the woods or who, or who get disoriented, you know, they're they're typically only, like you said, you know, hundred hundred yards yeah. and less than that away from where they're supposed to be, which is. You know, in hindsight, it's kind of frustrating when you when you look at it after the fact and you see how close you actually were to yep. being on the right track. But yeah, that you know, it's definitely the case that you know, that some of the Garmin products are are designed just for that to help avoid that and uh, to to not only give you the safety and reassurance out on a trail, mm-hmm. but to be there oh, yeah. if if something does occur and if you do uh, end up in a place where you're. Or you're in a, you're not quite sure which way is north. <laughs> yeah, I usually don't know which way is up, but, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, you know, you have many different products from the entry level. Like I have an Etrex, which is probably your your uh, most uh, affordable, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that, I would I would definitely agree with that. And you know, just just this past summer, we we've we've actually updated the Etrex line, so currently we'll we'll have to offer, and it'll actually be. Uh, available to the mass market within the next month, and then that'll be the E-Trex 10, 20, and 30 models. So those are uh, redesigned. Uh, they're going to have new menu structures. They're going to have greater satellite accuracy, uh, and you'll be able to lock onto that signal a lot faster than some of those previous models. Um, so the, the, the E-Trex 10, which would be kind of the, that entry level that you're talking about, is right around $119. Oh, geez. You know, Justin, it seems like as we become more and more advanced, technologically speaking, as a society, our ignorance grows as well. Because, you know, whatever happened to taking a couple mental snapshots of your surroundings, you know, like we're talking during this last ad break, just turning around, get your bearings, look down the trail, look where you just came from, leave a mental breadcrumb trail, if you will. And, you know, um... One of these doesn't cost a tenth of what a rescue mission would. So save yourself a ton of money and the hassle of being lost in a potentially dangerous situation by picking up something from Garmin. I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, the one product which is, you know, which is great for something like this is is one that we call the Rhino. Yeah. It's another product that we've done a refresh on this summer. Uh, it's, the current model is now, now available. Uh, so they were like... Uh, you know, a device like the Rhino 655T and the T standing for um, topographic mapping. So it comes preloaded with the oh, topographic wow. maps. 
for the entire United States. Um, Holy cow! Yeah, well, the great and you know you know the beyond that the great thing about this device is it not only is it a GPS, it's, it's also a two way radio. Really? So it's a two way radio that has up to a twenty mile range, and it also has a weather alert. So. You know, you can know well in advance whether there's an inclement storm coming. It'll actually flash on on your map. It'll it'll change the map a different color uh, depending on the type of weather in your area. So it's kind of like having the uh, you know your own little personal weather channel right in your right in the palm of your hand. Oh yeah, you know, are like, these things waterproof? By the way, yeah, yeah, they they are. They're all rated to IPX7, so I think they're rated for a meter of water for a half hour. Holy um, cow. We, we tend to suggest to try not to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to point some out. Yes. Yeah, and that's that um, reality television has misled their viewers. And I'm not going to point out any names like Bear Grylls, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to go out in the, the African plains and ring out elephant dung for water. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to climb inside of a camel and sleep. Um <laughs> I really think unless that, there's one available, yeah, if there's one open, uh, <laughs> sure as heck I'll do it. Vacancy, but you know, people, I don't think they grasp the severity of the wild as it's been coined now, and how quickly things can progress and turn into a life-threatening situation. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I would say that you know, having a checklist of some sort, yes, whether you're confiding in someone who has already been out uh, on some of those trips who may be a little more experienced and going through your checklist, making sure that you've got maybe waterproof matches, um, yeah. you know, some, uh, you know, a dry bag to put things in. If, you know, if it does rain, you, you know, you want to make sure those matches aren't just pieces of soggy paper. By the end of the <laughs> you know, you know, having some sort of communication is key. Having some extra batteries, you know, we, you know, these GPS units do run on batteries. Most of them are going to last anywhere between, you know, 16 and 20 hours with, Holy cow. with, with batteries. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is a long time. Oh, yeah. But again, that's not a long time if you did get lost in the woods. You know, exactly. You want to make sure that, you know, you do have a backup, uh, you know, having some warm gear as well for some of those cooler nights. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's key. Having a checklist, having navigational aids, you know, both the GPS and then even by the possibility of if, uh, you know, if you can have a paper map somewhere as a backup, um, you know, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, doubles hey, no. his toilet paper. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Hey, uh, if we want to find more about Garmin, where do we have to go? Yeah, so it's going to be www.garmin.com, uh, and you can see all our latest uh, latest and greatest right there. That's right, and this has been brought to you by uh, Ram Trucks. You can find them at ramtrucks.com and Otis Technology at otistech.com and the Ruger Firearms <laughs> at Ruger. <laughs> Dot com. But hey, you know what? This is going to be exciting because coming up right after the break, we're going to have old, uh, uh, what's his name? Tim McWelch and his Outdoor Life's number one survival blogger. He's going to be on. And uh, yeah, I think he's actually on the line right now. Hey, Tim, are you there? Hey, Travis. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad, buddy. But uh, that right there is Tim McWelch. He's going to be on right after this, giving us some awesome survival tips. But uh, this is the revolution. And uh, hey, Justin, thanks for being on, man. Thank you very much, guys. Hey, they are the revolution. Outdoor advice and analysis that's totally unfiltered. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you can have only one. 
It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Hunter's life has many stages. The further along you go, the more you want to share it with others because we still marvel at it. How many times does it happen as it's planned? Almost never. Never. And it's the people that can think on their feet and react to the circumstances in front of them that are the most successful. Take those big deer. Exactly right. Make versus country your country. Don't miss the best hunters and biggest bucks. Fridays at 8 Eastern, only on Versus. Kick off your countdown to hunting season with the Bass Pro Shops Land and Wildlife Expo at the Gaylord Opryland Resort, August 12th through 14th. Explore hundreds of indoor and outdoor exhibits featuring hunting products, equipment, and celebrity appearances. Test drive the Ram truck lineup and popular ATVs and visit the Kids Village, too. The Bass Pro Shops Land and Wildlife Expo presented by Ram Truck, August 12th through 14th at the Gaylord Opryland Resort in Nashville. Free for kids under 12. For more information, specials and discounts visit landandwildlifeexpo.com This song has put me in a euphoric state of mind, Jim. Great music? <laughs> who, 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 who did that? That is Mark Chestnut off his somewhat Brand new CD. What's well, not brand new? Brand new to me. It's it called is Outlaw. Outlaw. And that song right there is track nine on the CD. And it is Country State of Mind. We want to say thank you to Kurt Webster at Webster Associates and Mark Chestnut for sending us this promotional CD that they wanted us to play. Yeah. Awesome tunes. It's great. Yeah, well, great, Jim. <laughs> you know, we're actually in a country state of mind talking about survival this week. And we've got Tim McWelch on the line. And boy, I tell you what, he is outdoor life survival blogger. That's right. He phoned us at 75 846 7647. Now, Tim, obviously, you teach survival on your blog and outdoor life's website. Plus, you have a wilderness survival school called Earth Connection. So, you have a lot of background and training in this specific area. Now, um, we want to talk about something, and this really perturbs us. I'm really ticked off. You are. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Nah. Where the hikers, as oh, young boys, yeah. were um, attacked, were accosted, if you will, by a brown bear and her cub. That was before... What? Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> um, there's a few red flags that I think um, need to be addressed. And obviously, the first of them being is, why wasn't there um, a certified instructor with these young boys to protect them? Um, second of all, how come pepper spray wasn't deployed? Now, I know they're still looking into all these things. But um, a lot of thoughts like this keep inundating my mind as to how this could have been avoided or at least decreased the severity of this um, one particular attack. Um, there's just a lot of things that don't add up. Uh, and what's your take on this, Tim? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think you guys are hitting the nail right on the head. Um, that story is so appalling to me. Yes. And it's several things. It's a case of those boys being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Totally. You know, there, there's there's a lot of folks that have, have weighed in on this story. And said, well, if, if there was an instructor, then things would have been different. And then some people who are you know, wildlife researchers by trade have said, well, you know what? If there were some adults there, it may not have made a difference, you know, based on the bear's behavior and so forth. So as a parent, I'm disgusted by the situation. Yeah. You have children. They are minors. They are children out there in the wilds of Alaska with no adult supervision. 
So that part's appalling to me. And then yep. the other part is as a business owner and as a professional survival instructor for over 15 years, Wow! I never send anybody out alone. Yeah. I'm always there. And if I have more than a couple people, I have backup. Yeah. Well, you know, my motto is if I'm in dangerous game country like uh, Alaska or somewhere, when I'm safe, I'll help you. Yeah. To me, uh-huh. it's kind of like they sent Boy Scouts to Iraq. <laughs> you know, you don't get any more real than um, Alaska. And, and obviously, case in point here. But um, it all boils down to, once again, there should have been an instructor. He should have had a firearm. These boys should have been locked and loaded with bear spray. And not just like your your typical pepper spray, because that isn't necessarily going to work. But um, it's not these boys' fault here. It is the instructor, whoever is putting on this class, they are to blame. It's foolish. These boys didn't deserve this. And once again, I don't care what anybody says. This could have been avoided. Right, right. Yeah, that's one of the variables that, that I've been trying to get some answers on in this story because I've actually written about this story for Outdoor Life. And the boys did have bear spray, mm-hmm. but it, it's unclear whether they had it in a place where it was accessible. Yeah, and it's yeah. unclear how many canisters they had. So, and, and it's also unclear as to whether anybody actually deployed the bear spray in that scenario. Yeah. Now, now you have a, you on one of your blogs. You talked about building a leaf shelter. <laughs> the thing was that was awesome. cool. I was like that. a Holiday Inn. It looked like my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty swanky. Um, you know, the, here's the thing. You know, if you don't have all the man-made gear with you, sometimes Mother Nature can provide if you know what to do. And so, I, I did write a blog about building a, a very simple structure out of leaves and sticks that provides insulation. It provides you with protection from rain and wind and snow and all that kind of stuff. And no, it's not cozy or comfortable. It's claustrophobic. It's (laughs) it's loaded with bugs and snakes and and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's an issue of would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather crawl into the nice cozy hut full of leaves and snakes and, and ticks? Or would you rather sit on a stump out in the rain and freeze to death? You bet. Now, you know, we, we've talked a little bit, and we won't get into great detail on how to build a leaf shelter, but nevertheless, it is on that website. But you have simple things like how to make a fire with a flashlight, yeah, which is really kind of pretty cool. I mean, it's kind of simple things, but nevertheless, I, I, I was really amazed by it. Yeah, it's surprising, you know, how you can squeeze fire out of a, a large flashlight. And one of those is to be crafty mm-hmm. and tuck a little book of paper matches inside of that big lantern housing. And then another way is if you have some steel wool, and virtually any type of steel wool, and I'm not talking about Brillo pads all loaded up with soap. Yeah. Soap gets in the way. Just regular <laughs> garden variety Brillo pads that people have for woodworking or, you know, any, any number of cleaning chores. And that plus the battery in that big lantern flashlight will create sparks and get you a fire. Wow. And then the third way to get fire out of that flashlight is with the actual mirrored cup that the bulb sits inside of. Mm-hmm. If you can take a little pinch of tinder, which is basically any dead, dry, fluffy plant-based material, mm-hmm. and put that in the position where the light bulb used to be. So you take the mirrored cup out of the flashlight, pull that little light bulb out, save it so you have a, a flashlight later that works, yeah. and then put that little pinch of fluff inside of that pocket inside that lens, and then catch the sunlight at a good angle. It'll actually smoke immediately once you hit the right angle, and then you can take that little smoldering ball of fluff drop it into some more tender, blow on it, and get your campfire going. That would take me forever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we've been talking with Tim McWelch, and of course, he has the uh, Earth Connection Survival School. That's right, and Tim, if we want to find out more about that, and also, you got to hand out uh, where we can find your blog again. Where do we have to head to on the web to find those two places? Yeah, guys, um, I appreciate the uh, the heads up there. 
So if folks want to learn about my wilderness survival school, which is called Earth Connection, they can go to www.earth-connection.com. And uh, if folks want to learn about the outdoor life uh, information that they can read, uh, if folks want to go to outdoorlife.com and then click on the button for survival, that will take them to our Survival page. Sounds good. Well, once again, that was Tim Mack Welsh and his Outdoor Life's Survival Blogger. Got to get on there, read up, check it out so you stay safe when you're out there in the woods. But um, as always, this has been brought to you by Ram Trucks. You can find them at ramtrucks.com and NRA blog. It's nrablog.com and versus at versus.com. But you know what? Coming up after the break, we're going to have old Nick Rhodes on and he is going to. I always lose the question. <laughs> no, he's going to answer a question for Brad Clement. Sydney, Nebraska. Great place. Once again, Nick Rose, Wildlife Properties, Brad Clement. And they're going to be talking about deer management right here on The Revolution. Coming up after this. So, Jim and Trav, they're just your two average Steves that dig the outdoors. So hit them up at forward slash underscore OTN because their friendship is a magical blast. Yeah, it's so midnight sparkle dust. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you're an avid outdoorsman searching for a dream retreat or an investor looking to create wealth through land ownership, Wildlife Properties can be your guide to finding Kansas land. Wildlife Properties offers real estate and management services for outdoorsmen and investors alike. Located in north central Kansas, this area is one of the few places on earth where you can experience a unique combination of world-class hunting and fishing. Fertile crop fields provide enticing income, while breathtaking views and endless sunsets calm your soul. Let Wildlife Properties be your guide to land ownership. Visit us online at MyWildlifeProperties.com. That's MyWildlifeProperty.com. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores with the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. Cabela's, celebrating 50 years as the world's foremost outfitter. My racing family tailgates with Sport Grill, the big gas grill. Sport Grill has the horsepower to cook anything anywhere. It's modular and easily goes from grill to barbecue to a three-burner range. No race today? Use Sport Grill for family barbecues. And we can still cook when the power goes out. No wonder it's a Consumer Digest Best Buy. At the race, at home, or in the field, Sport Grill is the way to cook outdoors. Big Gas Grill, available at Lowe's and outdoor stores. Race in and pick one up today. song right there. It was a great song. Who doesn't need a little time off for bad behavior? Uh, certainly not Mark Chestnut. I know for a fact that Nick Rhodes does. He does. With Wildlife Properties. No, that is Mark Chestnut, and it's off his brand new... Actually, we want to correct that once again. His somewhat brand new album That's right. called Outlaw. Need a little time off for bad behavior, but speaking of bad behavior, once again, we are turning to Nick Rose with Wildlife Properties. <laughs> He's the king of bad behavior. He is the king of bad behavior and also plugging the crap out of his website. <laughs> right, right. And you know what? You're going to have to talk to Mark Chester there and, and make sure and get a little royalties if he's, he's going to be introing his songs on my segment. <laughs> you owe Nick some money, buddy. There you go. There you go. But real quick, man, uh, why don't you go ahead and hand out your, your web address real fast? 
sure? The one you were just making fun of me for hanging out constantly? <laughs> no, no. It is the number one real estate website in the world. Yes, it uh, is. Possibly the universe that I'm aware of. <laughs> and I'm not aware of a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. But it is mywildlifeproperty.com, www.mywildlifeproperty.com. And you can also get us on Facebook forward slash mywildlifeproperty.com and uh, and we love the Facebook site because we can really interact with our fans on there. So you that bet. is the place to get a hold of us. That's right. And guess what, guys? What? We got mail! It's time for the Revolution Mailbag. Yes. <laughs> hey, this comes from a Brad Clement out of Sydney, Nebraska. You know where that's at? Brad laments. No, it's Clement. I know, but he's lamenting right now. <laughs> he's lamenting over writing his Twitter. <laughs> I know. He did. <laughs> it says, Nick, I'm ready to start a deer management plan on our farm, but I'm not sure where to begin. Most of the information about habitat talks about wooded areas, and we have very little timber here on the open plains. What do you suggest we try considering our lack of trees and quality habitat? First of all, Nick, I, I got to point something out real quick. Was it how fluid Jim read that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're going to love this. Seamless. Because you know people write you, and then you forward the questions on to Jim so he can try to read them. <laughs> well, he actually printed off an email, and he's reading it on paper right now. <laughs> I, just, I just had to say that. But anyway, I just start forwarding their letters directly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think you should. Now, now, actually, that's a great question, Nick. It is a great question, and this guy hit around the head was saying, you know, a lot of stuff you see out there is about timber stand management, yep. incorporating food plots into timber, because that works awesome for a good portion of the eastern part of the United States. Yeah, it does. But when you get a little bit further west, it, the trees start to uh, disappear, and and you get more rolling pasture. It does not mean uh, it does not mean I will repeat that the quality of deer habitat is is any less. It's just different. That was worth repeating. That was. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my thing to this guy. What's you that? know, the key to any kind of habitat baseline management program, uh, whether it's QDMA or, or any of these management philosophies out there, is creating some sort of sanctuary. Totally. You know, understanding the, 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 the dynamics of the Sydney area uh, and, and certainly the, the Great Plains of Kansas and, and Nebraska and Colorado, uh, you know, there's a ton of food out there. There. You know, food sources are, are abundant because there's a lot of crop fields. So that is a less less of an emphasis for me when I'm telling somebody to do something. Sanctuary is key. And, yeah. and knowing the grid, the way properties are set up out in this way, everything is gridded like with mile roads. And so you've got roads that literally border all these properties. There's not big, vast expanses of properties like you see in other parts of the country. Uh, if you can create sanctuaries inside those zones, you protect the deer, one, from roadside hunters, poachers, yeah. spotlighters, those guys, uh, but also creates a, a safe place for them. And, and by creating a sanctuary, where you don't have to go out there and plant trees or those kind of things. Thickets work great, tall grasses. Just rope off an area, especially if you're livestock grazing in those areas, yep. so that the livestock can't get in there and damage those areas. The deer will get through the fence. Uh, that's not a problem for them. Uh, yeah. But they need to have an area that's truly sanctuary for them and not any other humans or uh, or a livestock interference. Yeah, and now one thing you have always pointed out in the past, and this is so true, Let's say if you have 80 acres, you can't do much. And so this is really when it needs to be like a community effort and get your neighbors involved in this as well. Just don't keep this a secret. Try to um, get them hooked on these type of practices as well. That's right. Also, you know, don't be afraid to tell the neighbors that have haunted your property forever that, hey, no, or, or you know, you can't do it this year. Or if you do hunt on our property, uh, you, this is the type of game that you can harvest because that's the next step that's very important in, in a deer management uh, plan is, is determining the age structure that you want to take and harvest deer out of uh, yep. so that you're not overkilling the population 
too many guys hunt for the trophies, and we've talked about that several times on the show. Yep. You've got to have doe management has got to be a huge part of any management plan. Yeah, like Jim's wife. Sorry, I'll let you talk here in a minute. She said it best. No means no, Jim. Okay? <laughs> People, you need to listen to that. What are we going to say, Jim? No, actually, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, sanctuaries and so forth. And it is a good idea to find an area where they might be bedding and then fence it off. They yeah. do cohabit it with, uh, I didn't even say that You right. didn't say that right, but I, we understood. do <laughs> cohabitate with, uh, like, cows and horses. So we've seen deer out in our pastures and so forth. Uh, but at the same time, if they've got a special area where they can just go to, yeah, you know, then they feel even more comfortable of staying in there in that sanctuary process. Yeah, that's right. You know, and and also the other dynamic of them cohabitating is that that's how you, know, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> that the that the livestock are out there to graze. Yeah, and so they're going to graze. You know, the area which is going to take away from what is available from a forage standpoint for the deer too. So not only does it help them from the standpoint of uh, of being secure and safe and having their own area, but they're also going to have more food and more cover in those areas where, where there's not grazing going on. And, and you know, if, if somebody can afford to do it, it doesn't take much, you know, five acres, 10 acres on, you know, when you're talking about a span of, of 300 or 600 acre grazing areas uh, or plains areas, that's not that big of a chunk of it. And, yeah. and that little bit will go a long ways. And then if if you want to get into food plots, plant some food plots, some attractive food plots on the edge or inside of that ha- that sanctuary habitat um, to bring the deer or other game species to those areas yeah. and make sure that they don't have to venture too far out of it. You know, you've got to practice what you preach. It's not just about creating good habitats, not just about creating uh, good food sources, but it's also about doing the right things. And, and doing the right things sometimes means you don't get a wall hanger that year yep. or you don't even get one next year because what you're doing is you're building a legacy to get that wall hanger down the road. And to me, that whole process, when you take a step back and look at that whole process, that's so much more important and, and keeps what I consider a complete hunt than just, like I said, going out every year and killing a big monster. Yeah, yeah. remember, if you don't get a wall hanger, you can always get a Harvey wall banger. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is that? I, say, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, no, you guys don't know what a Harvey Wallbanger is? Okay. We want to thank Brad Clement from Sydney, Nebraska for sending this question in. And if you have any questions about Habitat and so forth, where do we have to go, hey, Nick? Nick, where do we have to go for that? You have to go to mywildlifeproperty.com, www.mywildlifeproperty.com, or go to Facebook forward slash mywildlifeproperty, and you can get all that information, all our contact information's out there. And thanks to Mark Chestnut for that great song <laughs> intro, man. I'm expecting royalties from that. Yeah, yeah and Mark. also, yeah, Nick, if his attorneys need to contact you, um, <laughs> w- what's your phone number? You can tell them to call me at 785-282-6145. 785-282-6145. Yeah, and we actually did get a phone call from uh, the guy in charge of the prison that Nick was at. He did get time off for bad behavior. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, this is the revolution. I didn't know you were a convict, Nick. Um, it's brought to you by Ram Trucks. You find them at RamTrucks.com and Cabela's World's Foremost Outfitter at Cabela's.com. But coming up, perhaps this real quick break, we're going to have Frank Meyer, and he's with Adventure Medical Kits. That's right. You got a boo-boo. You know, maybe scrape your knee, got a big splinter or some crap like that. This dude will hook you up. He's not like Dora Band-Aids and stuff. (laughs) But anyways, once again, Frank Meyer, Adventure Medical Kids, coming up right after the break. Thanks a bunch, Nick. See you guys. Change your life and start living the revolution today at twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and move on. 
just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Have you ever fulfilled your dream of fishing in Alaska? Hi, Jim Ferguson here. There's nothing like Alaska. And if you want a true Alaskan backcountry lodge experience, go to Talsar Lodge. They have all five species of salmon as well as trophy rainbow trout. The great people from Talstar told me that if you still want to come up this year, they're offering deeply discounted trips as low as $1,625 for a five-day trip. Check out Talstar Lodge at www.talstarlodge.com. That's T-A-L-S-T-A-R Lodge.com and book your dream trip today. Hey, this is Jimmy Houston here to tell you about the incredible fishing in Kansas. With so many lakes, reservoirs, ponds, streams, creeks, you'll find everything. Largemouth bass, crappie, walleye, and my favorite cousin, the old Wally catfish. Learn more about the great fishing in Kansas at www.travelks.com. Well, it's a bloody merry morning, baby. Left me without warning sometime in the night. You know, Jim, um, what's that? I've had quite a few Bloody Mary mornings. <laughs> and every time, including today, I have to have a medical kit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> now, anyways, that is Bloody Mary morning by Mark Chestnut off his, um, let's just say, halfway new. Halfway new? Album, once again, called Outlaw. Got to check it out. We want to say thanks Mark Chestnut. to Mark Chestnut. And hold on, once again, um, Webster and Associates PR department. For sending us this promotional CD to play on the revolution. That's it. Awesome people. Now, Jim, who just phoned us at 785-846-7647? Well, in keeping with the Bloody Mary morning, you need a medical kit. You and do. we've got Frank Meyer with Adventure Medical Kits on the line. What's up, Frankie? How's it going, man? Good. How you doing? Good. Do you mind if I call you Frankie? <laughs> That's what I was like 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frankie. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about adventure medical kits. Cool. All right. But anyways, um, Frankie, <laughs> you know, when you get in the backwoods and you're hiking or doing whatever, you know, you already have a ton of gear strapped to you. Everything from uh, food to water to maybe an extra a change horse. of clothes, a horse, as Jim says, um, a rain suit. Yeah. So how essential is it when you already have all this other gear on you weighting you down? How essential is it for you to have a medical kit with you? Oh, it's really important to have a medical kit with you. Do you want to stay out in the woods and enjoy your experience, or do you want to head back to the uh, city and go to the hospital? Heck no, we want to stay there. Well, you know, uh, your your website is, uh, what, what is your website? AdventureMedicalKits.com. That's easy enough, AdventureMedicalKits.com. Now, you know, when once we get there, I mean, of course, we're talking about survival today. You you click on that survival uh, tab up there. Holy cow, you've got just, I mean, from the, the guy who's just going to go in his backyard all the way to the guy that's going to be in the North Woods, uh, say, Alaska for 30 days. You've got everything in there. Well, we've, uh, we've launched a whole new brand last year called Survive Outdoors Longer, so... What our, um, every brand should have a promise, right? What are we going to do for you when you're out there? Yeah. And our brand promises to help you guys survive outdoors longer through a variety of tools and, and instructional, um, manuals that help you do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, I, I think that most people are under the impression that, oh man, you know, I only need a medical kit if I'm going skydiving or spelunking or rock climbing, you know, something where I could possibly rip a limb off. Yeah. But you know, when you're on the trail, anything can happen from your common blisters to perhaps burning yourself while starting a fire, a bee sting, snake bite. 
So there's just a lot of contributing factors that could flat out ruin your trip if you're not well-equipped and prepared to handle any situation. Well, yesterday uh, I hiked with my wife and my 11-year-old across the Bridger Mountain Range yeah. outside of Bozeman, Montana, 12 miles. And we hiked 2,000 feet up to the top of the ridge. Oh. And I've got my pack on, and my wife's going, you know, well, what do you have in there? I'm going, um, well, you know, i got my uh, medical kit. i got my Mercy Bivy. I've got uh, my origin uh, survival tool with the rescue yeah. flash signal mirror and everything. She's going, well, gosh, you know, I brought a, you know, a roll of, uh, you know, ace bandage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. a good start. <laughs> I said, well, that's good, but what if we're up here another two miles into it and somebody breaks their ankle? Uh, yeah. We're not, we're not going to be rescued here in, in the next two hours. We're going to be starting to go into darkness. Yeah. And you just don't, ex- you, uh, you got to expect the unexpected when you're out there. Mm-hmm. And and if you're prepared for it, the unexpected doesn't have to be so bad. Yeah. I mean, you, you can handle the unexpected. Yeah. Well, you've got, to, you've got several medical kits. Uh, you've got the professional, the mountain, the ultralight watertight, uh, just a first aid kit, a sportsman's, a travel, a marine, and an international. It's got to be interesting. Yeah. Now, um, if you had to say for pretty much anyone, what is the basic essentials when you step out in the woods? Let's say if you're going on a day hike like you did yesterday or a seven-day trek, what do you think everyone, it's a must, that they carry with them? Well, there's a few basic things. One is uh, I take antihistamines. Oh, yeah. Hydramine or Benadryl for allergic reactions. Okay. Mm-hmm. You never know when, uh, you know, that bee is going to sting someone <laughs> in your party who may have sensitivities or yes. uh, unknown sensitivities to bee stings. So diphenhydramine, butterfly closures or wound closure strips that close small gaping wounds. Yeah. Of course, dressings and ibuprofen, uh, blister materials like our moleskin or glacial yeah. dressings. It's, it's like a lot of what this first aid kit does isn't saving your life. It's saving your trip. Uh, ah, okay. there you go. There you go. Never so, thought of it like that. Of course, if you have to stop that bleeding wound, you know, that major trauma, you can you can bring um, Quick Clot, a stop bleeding fast product mm-hmm. to the market. And, uh, but most of the time, you're saving your trip. So when you save your trip, you want to save it with moleskin. So you put the moleskin on a hot spot on your foot so it doesn't develop into a blister so you can still enjoy hiking. Because once you have a blister, I mean, the, the trip fun is over. You're like, you want to be back in the car. Um, But once again, hand out your your web address, Frank, and maybe you have any deals coming up. Like, you know, we're getting close to the mid to end of summer. You have any special deals that people need to know about? Well, it's adventuremedicalkits.com. And do we have do we have any deals that I know about? We don't. Gosh, we um, everything's a deal on adventuremedicalkits.com. Adventuremedical <laughs> That's what I always tell my wife when I buy something. She says, was it on sale? And I go, yes, it was on sale. <laughs> you go, of course, it was. It was. Price, but it was on sale. Yeah, they were selling it. It's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, we were talking with Frank Meyer, and of course, he's with Adventure Medical Kits. That's right. And before you step out in the woods, guys and gals, you really need to have a medical kit with you and be prepared. And unlike Frank says, you know, it'll minimize the unexpected here. But this is the revolution has been brought to you by Ram Trucks. You can find it at ramtrucks.com and Otis Technology. That's otistech.com. This is the revolution. Hey, thanks much, Frank. All right, thank you, guys. Can't get enough of the revolution? Catch more of it every Tuesday and Thursday at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who's watching your home when you're not there? It could be a burglar. Burglars prefer to break in when they think no one is home, and no one will stop them. 
Don't be an easy target for intruders. Protect your home with a free security system monitored by ADT, the leader in home security. Pick up your phone right now and get free hardware, free medical and fire alert, and free activation. It's an $850 value. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, at 1-866-669-8954. You'll get 24-hour protection, and there's no cost for parts or activation. Call now about a free security system monitored by ADT. Call 1-866-669-8954. That's 1-866-669-8954. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. <coughs> Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. It really shouldn't be this hard. But, uh, I gotta be honest, baby. Uh, I don't even know where to begin right now. Um, perhaps with, I'm truly sorry that I miss you. <laughs> that I hurt when you're not around. <laughs> And I know, I know, I know, baby, I have promised you in the past, and I've let you down, but I, I swear, I'm a different man now. I have changed, and I fully understand why you can't trust me, but I swear, I swear on my life, I swear on my over and under Ruger Red Label that I will never, ever, and I mean ever, pet another Labrador retriever as long as I live. I love you. Oh, Bessie. Oh, Bessie. I just knew. I just knew you'd take me back. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez, Bessie. Man, what have you been eating? Your breath is vile. I take back everything I just said. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 363 affiliate stations around the world, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, Mark Paneri, and our guests like Larry Dandale, Justin McCarthy, Tim McWelch, Nick Rhodes, and Frank Meyer, just to name a few. So coming up next, we got The Revolution. It's here, Jim! <laughs> Bow season! Ram Trucks is going to sponsor our in-depth look into everything archery. This time to sling some arrows. There you go. Dude, anyway, it's going to be awesome. So we are Jim and Traff. And your local news of weather, <laughs> it's coming up next. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.